Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Grace Church service this morning. We are so glad that you have joined us today, and especially our Grace Church family. We are so glad you've joined us, and for everyone that's joining us on live stream and Facebook Live, we're glad you're there, and you are going to be blessed by what God does through this service today. Amen. Uh, for our Grace Church family, we are missing you. We wish we could see you. And so this morning, we want to just give you a shout out from some of our Grace Church families. In fact, this is going to be our ministry team with a word for everyone watching today. So uh, turn your attention to your screen, and then we're going to go right into our worship service this morning. God bless you. Hey, Grace Church. We're so glad to greet y'all today. Hope y'all are all doing well. Look forward to seeing y'all soon. Miss Molly saying hello. <laughs> hey, Grace Church. Glad to see everybody. Glad y'all are doing good. Can't wait to get everybody back together again. God bless. Good morning, Grace Church. Good morning, Grace. We sure do miss you guys. I tell you what, this thing will be over before we know it and we'll all be back together. We certainly hope that all, all of you guys are doing well and we miss y'all. Looking forward to seeing you soon. God bless y'all. We love you. Good morning, Grace, from the Tier Home. We understand that we're separated by circumstance, but we are still unified and bound together in spirit and in purpose. And we believe that that purpose is to allow the peace of God to be demonstrated through us in these times of chaos. We love and miss you and cannot wait to be back in service with all of you once again. God bless you, folks. <laughs> hey, Grace Church. Uh, first of all, we miss you, and uh, we just want to say hello, Coop, Sister Coop, things one, two, and three here, and uh, we just want to tell you, uh, we hope that you're well stocked on uh, on snacks for the quarantine. Go-to snack, the Swiss cake roll, got to have it. Julia? Diet Dr. Pepper with cream soda. It's delicious. Good stuff. Kay? Um... Zebra cakes, can't go wrong with those. I may have a problem. Okay. What you got, E? Uh, I would show you a bag of potato chips, but they're gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Owen, what you Personal got? Personal advice, just get a whole thing of popsicles. Multiple, if possible. <laughs> all right. Well, essential quarantine supplies, and of course, we hope you have toilet paper. We hope to see you soon, Grace Church. Grace Church, Mark and Brianna here. Just wanted to come to you guys real quick and say we know times are a little bit chaotic, but embrace the opportunities that you have with your family and find the positive in the midst of all the change and in the midst of all the negativity. We love and miss you guys. We miss you guys so much. We can't wait to see you soon. Love y'all. Let's have great church this morning. Praise the Lord. So good to see our ministry team. And I want to second Kaylin Cooper on the zebra cakes. Those are my favorite as well. I often uh, take solace and interest in natural truths that mirror spiritual ones. And I'd like to remind you of, of a natural truth maybe that you already have heard about today as we begin service. It is said that the largest living thing on earth is actually a group of aspen trees in the western United States. And that's interesting because if you stand at the surface... What you see is many, 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 many individual things. 
But what you don't see, it is what is in the soil. You see, aspen trees are all connected at the roots. Meaning that some thousand years ago in this area in Utah, one tree began to grow. And as that tree grew, its roots spread out. And other trees sprouted from the roots. And over the thousand years, that one tree has become over a hundred acres of aspen trees. That's kind of how it is here at Grace Church and in other churches and in the body of Christ. A long time ago, one tree, a dead one, was planted at Calvary. And one sacrifice was made. And the blood ran down and fertilized that soil. And things began to grow out. So while on the surface today, we may feel apart, we may feel separate, it's not the case. My friends, you are as connected at the root as you have ever been. Things are all, still are the way they always have been with you and God. You have a connection. So as we begin to play and sing and worship, I just invite you to stand where you are. And remember that you can call on his name and take rest in the shadow of his wings.
carved this time out of our day. We've carved this time out of our week. And Lord, we're focusing our praise on you. We're focusing our worship on you. There's no other name like Jesus. All power in heaven and earth is given unto that name. Oh, would you clap your hands and praise Jesus right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I've had, I've had the scripture setting on my mind all week and especially today, Palm Sunday in the book of Mark. The Bible says, many spread their garments in the way and others cut down branches off the trees and straw them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's what we've come to do today. We've come to celebrate the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to declare highest. This is our King. This is our Lord. This is our God. One more time, would you clap your hands and praise Jesus on this Palm Sunday, wherever you are, right there in your house. Lord, this is what we've come to do. This is what it's all about. Lord, you are our Savior. You're our Redeemer. It's all because of you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Again, you're welcome. We're so glad that you've joined us on live stream. I hope you enjoyed the online greeting from our ministry team. We truly miss you, truly love each and every one of you, and can't wait to see you very, very soon. God's going to do some great things in the service today. And I want you to keep your mind and your heart prepared. I want you to be ready for what God wants to do today. I'm going to turn your attention to an opportunity today to give. And on your screen, you're going to see three ways to give. You can give online at the Grace Church website. Uh, you can give by texting. And then also you can mail your gift into the P.O. box that is on your screen today. God bless you. Thank you for supporting the work of the Lord. Thank you for being generous and giving to the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to just pray before I remind you of a couple of things that will be coming up this week. I want to pray, and we're going to pray certainly for our world situation. I want to pray for the service today. And then I'm going to ask you, uh, I want you, when we come to this part of the prayer, just to lay your hand upon your heart. Uh, and I want you to pray for yourself today. I want you to pray that your heart would be open, your mind would be open, and whatever God wants to do in your life today, whatever God wants to do in your home today, that you would be open, that you would receive that, that you would receive it and let God just change your life in a very positive way today. Can we do that together? Let's pray. Jesus, I am so thankful that as, as Brian has already said this morning, we're connected. Even though it feels like we're apart, we're really connected. And it's, it's moments like this, it's the, the service on Sunday and the service on Wednesday that we're reminded that it's the, it's the body of Christ coming together in one mind and one accord, even virtually, Lord. And so we pray that our efforts today would be anointed and that your word would find a lodging place in our hearts and that we would be forever changed by your word. I pray for the world situation today. God, I pray that where there's fear, you would speak peace. I pray where there's sickness, you would speak healing. And I pray, God, that you would do a work that only you can do. You are in the wind and you are in the whirlwind. And we declare your sovereignty over this situation. 
And so now, Lord, I pray for my life. I pray for my mind and my heart. I want to be open to your word today, God. I want you to take me to a higher place than I've ever been. I want my faith to increase. I want to draw closer to you. I want to be more like you. Whatever you have for me today, I receive it in Jesus' name. Right where you are, would you just say out loud, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. God bless you. Before we return to our worship service and our worship set, I do want to remind you of a few things that we have going here around Grace Church, and, and most of it's virtual, as you'll appreciate, but I do want you to make a note of these things. I want you to have these on your calendar. Uh, as has been our custom since the stay-at-home order, tomorrow night, Monday night, we'll be praying together, uh, of course, in our homes, but we'll be praying at 714 together in corporate prayer for the needs of our nation, for the needs of our world. And of course, 714 is from 2 Chronicles chapter 714, as has been presented uh, already from across the pulpit. And then Tuesday night, first Tuesday prayer is our normal custom, but of course, this Tuesday night it will be dismissed due to the stay-at-home order. And then, of course, Wednesday night, we have, again, live stream Bible study at 7.30. We want you to tune in and be a part of that and let that be a blessing to you. And then this coming, uh, this coming Saturday, rather, this coming Saturday from 10 to 11, it's a very special note. We want you to make note of this. We're going to do an Easter egg drive through And so we want you to come, put your family in the car, and we want you to drive through uh, those that are familiar with Grace Church, it will be the, what we call the portico or the, the canopy area. You're going to drive through and get your Easter egg candy, your Easter, egg, uh, your, your Easter candy for the kids. And it's just Grace Church's way of staying connected with you, saying we miss you, saying we want to do something for you during the Easter season. Now, we're going to practice social distancing. I want you to understand uh, the cars will be six feet apart. And uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding about that, but, but we will be practicing social distancing. We'll be doing best, best practices as we've been directed by our government on that. So do not get out of your car, stay in your car. Uh, there'll, there'll only be virtual fist bumps and, and that kind of thing. No, nothing like that. If you feel like you need to wear a mask uh, give, with the directive we were given this week, please do so. We don't want you to feel endangered in any way, but it's, as much as we can through social distancing, we want to connect with you this Saturday from 10 to 11, and we have that special gift for the kids. In addition, in addition, you'll be getting your communion elements so that we can take communion together and, and participate in that service on Easter Sunday morning. Right, You'll be participating right at your home, and we'll be doing that together. So we'll be passing those out on Saturday as well when you come through. If you're joining us uh, from, from out of the, the Metroplex, out of the Baton Rouge area, and can't drive by on Saturday, then we encourage you to go out this week and, and uh, get, you, get you a little grape juice, maybe some crackers, and uh, you can participate in communion that way as well. We want everyone to be a part. It's going to be a very beautiful service, a very beautiful time next Sunday. And then uh, I'm bringing the announcement segment to a close here, but you, you gotta get this, you gotta know, uh, we're updating our podcast at multiple times throughout the week, and this is to stay connected with you. It's also for your edification, and these podcasts are our teachers that teach around Grace Church campus in the various class, uh, classes when we're normally having service, when we're on a normal service schedule. They're uploading their material, their lessons, their classes to podcasts, and so this is high school, it's college and career, it's adult, it's next, 
It's our overcomers. All of these teachers are, are sharing their content on podcasts throughout the week. So be sure to go to your favorite podcast app or you can go to the Grace Church website, click on media. And when that menu drops down, you can click on podcast to participate in that. And then uh, along that line and on that note, last announcement, very excited this morning. Uh, Farrah Bunch, our Sunday school coordinator, connected with our as many of our Sunday school students, our kids, as she could through a Zoom Sunday school lesson. And when I left the house to come uh, lead the service this morning, they were in full swing and it was going awesome. It was amazing. Some of the kids had dressed up as though they were coming to church in their Sunday finest. And there was a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz. They were having a great time. And so that's going to continue every Sunday at 10 o'clock. There will be a, a virtual Sunday school lesson for the kids. And you do need a link to go to that Zoom meeting. Uh, Sister Fair tried to, to get that out to as many as we could that we knew were of Sunday school age. But if you somehow missed that and didn't get that link, please let the Grace Church office know this week. And we'll be sure to coordinate and get that out to you. In addition, since that went so well, we're going to have our junior high class teachers, Brother Chris, Sister Casey, they're going to be doing some live online uh, connection and, 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 and Sunday school teaching for their kids. And in fact, they asked me to announce to you today, they're going to be doing something this evening for the junior high class. So parents be watching your group me app for some links and some announcements along that line. And then Mark Wheeler, our student minister tells me he's going to be doing some live uh, Zoom and, and Facebook live with the, uh, with the high school students and college students as well. So stay tuned for all of that. We, we all understand now that this is going to continue at least through April 30th. So we've got to get creative. We've got to get some ways to stay connected. And that's what we're trying to do. So take advantage of those things. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. We're praying for you. Let the service be a blessing today. And let's worship with the praise team together. God bless you.
this morning and I am extremely confident the same is happening at your house today if you have some focus if you have a little bit of faith right now God's in your living room to respond to you to talk to you to help you today thank the Lord one more time let's clap our hands to Jesus thank the Lord thank the Lord thank the Lord thank all of you for watching we appreciate you joining us this morning via Grace Church, via online, and uh, we're so thankful to have you, and uh, I want to assure all of you today that I, I have already done what you're doing right now. Uh, last night, I just felt hungry to be in church, so I just pulled up a church service online, and uh, I have a source or two, and I listened to some preaching and sitting in my office at home last night, I lifted my hands, I worshiped the Lord. Tears streamed down my face. I even talked in tongues a while as the Spirit of the Lord met me in my own home. Thank the Lord. So I know where you're at this morning. I listened to somebody that preached a number of years ago. At least you're hearing somebody live right now. But I want you to let the Lord have His way. Whatever it is that God wants to do in your life today, I'm asking you to let him have his way, to let the will of God be done. I do want to send out a, a shout out to Brayton. He knows who he is. We thank him for the very kind and sweet refreshments this morning that he brought up to the church. And uh, next Sunday, some scrambled eggs and bacon and stuff like that it would be really good. And I'm kidding. 
Um, he knows who he is today, but thank you very, very much. Very kind, very thoughtful, and we appreciate it so very much. I want to call your attention to the Word of God today. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, and I'll just use this scripture setting just once to be the, the foundation of what I want to preach to you today. The wise man said, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. It's kind of where we are right now, isn't it? A time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he labors? I've seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. But speaking of God, verse 11, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. I want to speak to you this morning out of this sequence of verses. The title of my message today, Is There Ever a Time to Quit? Is there ever a time to quit? If you read these verses again carefully, you'll find the answer to that question is no. God bless you today and thank you. God bless the word and you may be seated. Somebody said one time, cowards never start. The weak never finish, and winners never quit. The moment you're about to quit is the moment right before the miracle happens. Somebody said that life has two rules. Number one is never quit. Number two is always remember rule number one. <clears throat> you may see me struggle. You may see me struggle but you've never seen me quit. I've had my share of opportunities, just like everyone else. I've been knocked down a time or two, but I still haven't quit. Still here. Somebody said one time, it's always too early to quit. I want to speak to you this morning for a little while about three different categories of people in relationship to my sermon title today. The first one I want to bring to you is a very familiar story found in Luke chapter 15. I want to talk to you first about the ones that should never quit. The Bible said Jesus told the parable of the prodigal son. He said there was a certain man that had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. This young man took everything that his dad 
had worked so hard for, had worked and labored for, there was a lot of, no doubt, blood, sweat, and tears that was bundled up in this inheritance. Everything his dad taught him. Everything his dad stood for. He took all of that, and the Bible said that he was gone in a few days, ended up in a far country. You know the story. And the Bible said he wasted that inheritance. He wasted that inheritance on riotous living. He soon found himself to join up with some pigs in a pigsty. He would feed them, eat with them, ultimately would sleep with them. And the Bible said in Luke 15, 17, and he came to himself. He had a revelation. There was an understanding that dawned on him. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. He said, I will arise and go to my father. I want to preach to Grace Church, to our parents here for a little while. I want to remind you again of what we presented to you several months ago. It was a matter of fact, it started last year. It burdened my heart to the point that I preached very hard this past January and February. But it's time to stop losing our kids. These are the ones that's never supposed to quit. And I'll submit to you today for too long, the blame has been laid at the feet of the church, the pastor, the Sunday school department, the student minister, or even other people's kids. I want to tell you where I'm coming from. Sister Murph and I came from a very dynamic, a very vibrant, a very aggressive youth group when we were teenagers. In some cases in my own personal life, it was a savior to me to be a part of such an amazing youth group. But I sat down over the course of this week and rehearsed in my mind, not only of our youth group, but the youth group that followed us, of how many of those people are serving God today. They took an inheritance that was given, given to them, and they went and wasted it. They are still, some of them, wasting it out in the world somewhere of all the prayers, the labor, the programs, the ideas, the events, the parties, the get-togethers, the choir trips. Some of you know what I'm talking about today. All the investment that was made in our group of young people and even the group that followed, there's only a handful of them that's really serving God today. They took their inheritance, and they've wasted it. Some of them have been married and divorced several times. Uh, most of them who have kids, their kids aren't even serving God today. This is a phenomenon that, that needs to stop in the church. Our quizzing department at headquarters in St. Louis did a survey. We presented this last year that the United Pentecostal Church on average is losing 70% of our teenagers. Something happens when they turn 18. I want to encourage our parents that are listening today that have smaller children at home 
while we're in this moment of quarantine and, and while we're, we're at home with one another, why don't you take out your Bible and answer some why questions and teach them a little bit about one God. Teach them about the name of Jesus. Teach them about faith. Teach them about godly living. Instill that into them. They don't need to be practicing their worldly things that they're missing. Have them practice some church things that they're missing. We must keep our kids. These are the ones that we cannot allow to quit. If I can fast forward, when we came here some 27 years ago to pastor, one of our wonderful men in our church was a teenager then, and we all love him. His name is Kelton. He brought a lot of his friends to church. He won them to the Lord. They sat on the front rows. They shouted. They danced. They worshiped. They sang. They clapped. They were in the prayer rooms. I remember several of them standing beside me in pre-service prayer meetings as they prayed and called out to God. But something happened in their late teens and early 20s. I was horrified to find out just a year or so ago one of those young men have died uh, for some very difficult reasons in his 40s. I'm here to tell you today, folks, our kids can't quit. We've got to keep our kids from quitting and do whatever it takes to keep them from quitting. Hallelujah to God. I want everybody to understand that raising them in the church Raising them in the church includes raising them right at home. It includes raising them right at home. Our kids should never quit. It is never a time to quit. But I want to encourage somebody today. If they do, if they have. I heard someone say recently, I've spent years living a hard, reckless, sinful life. It would take years to change. That's not true. That's not true with God. You're closer to God right now than you can understand. You're closer to God right now in your mind than you've probably been in years. If you're listening to this sermon today, you have a heartbeat and a mind a wavelength that's tuned in towards God right now. And if you'll say his name, if you'll say his name, if you'll just speak it out one time, I can promise you you'll be saturated. You'll be enveloped with the power and presence of God. You'll feel the Holy Ghost again going up and down your spine. You'll get those cold goosebumps again rumbling all over your body as God in his way wraps his arms around you one more time and whispers, I love you. I want everybody to look at your screen. It's Psalm 86, verse 5. And I want this scripture to, I want this, I want this to burn into your eyes. The psalmist said, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy unto all of them that call upon thee. For thou, Lord, art good. And ready to forgive 
that's applicable to you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. You're sitting right now with probably some sort of a screen in front of you, whether it be a smartphone or a television screen. It doesn't matter. This verse of Scripture will burn through to your heart like a laser beam and assure you it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, whether it be last night or the past 30 years. God is good and he's ready to forgive and he's plenteous in mercy unto all of them that call upon him. So parents, our kids can't quit. Got to do whatever it takes. They can't quit. Now I want you to notice with me the scripture I'm about to show you had to be one of the Apostle Paul's most difficult moments of his life. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, he said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I just talked to you about the ones that shouldn't quit. Let me talk to you about the one that did. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I did. How many good, God-loving, God-serving, God-fearing, kingdom-minded people have quit? Did they quit? Did they get hurt and quit? I don't think so. Not in this case. Did they get discouraged and quit? I don't think so. Did the pastor offend them and they quit? No, not that either. They just simply fell in love with the world. The world became more of an attraction than Jesus. The world was more appealing than the old Bible. The world became more appealing than preaching and singing and serving God. They simply fell in love with the world and quit. I can think of some of our Grace Church young people and even adult people right now. It wasn't the church. It wasn't what the church was doing wrong. It wasn't because the church failed. It's not because the church was no good. It's not because the church was behind the times. They just people that grew up in the church and saw something out in the world that they wanted more. I've, I've got names and faces that are running through my head right now like a slideshow. I could begin to call names. I'll not do it. But I know young people and young married couples and perhaps some of you are watching right now and listening right now so you know who you are. You've had many great moments with God in this very building. You've had moments where you've danced and you've rejoiced and you talked in tongues but you saw something out there and you said I want that more. I want I desire that more. I love that more. Oh, God, help us today to keep our focus and to keep our faith where it needs to be. We can never afford. There's never a time to quit. Let me talk to you a few minutes about this world you love. I'm not here to be a doomsday guy, but I am very real. 
case you haven't noticed, our world ain't getting better. The world you fell in love with last year, two years ago, three years ago, it hadn't gotten better since you fell in love with it. And your falling in love with it hadn't made it better. Sin never works that way. You never make sin better by falling in love with it. And I'll have you know that I believe God is allowing us to see, God is allowing all of us to see what can happen to our world, the world you love, in just a short time. All the money, clout, influence, hobbies, knowledge, experience, and expertise aren't getting us out of this situation so easy, nor is it doing it very quick. Jobs are at risk. Investments are at risk. And only God has the answer. This is the world you fell in love with. With all the science and expertise in our world, no one has been able to fix this. I'm not being antagonistic, but it's fascinating to me that one of the world's greatest needs right now is not some high-dollar drug, but facial masks and disposable gowns, and somehow they can't be made fast enough, something that is relatively cheap and easy to make. Only God knows what tomorrow holds, and all I keep hearing is that things are going to get far worse than they're going before they start getting better. This is the world that you fell in love with. The world you fell in love with has caused people to go home last night in drunken stupors or drink themselves into a a good solid drunk, if you will, sitting on the back patio and shooting up drugs and, and, and committing sin and immorality that I will not enumerate here this morning. This is the world that you fell in love with and it's not getting better. world you left God for is not getting better. Let me have you understand today the goodness of our world is not based on its economy and its success it affords, but rather the God it serves. The bars are closed now. The nightclubs are closed now. All of the things, the worldly amusement, they're all shut down now. Where are you going now? The world you fell in love with isn't working for you anymore. It's not doing for you what it once did. And I can promise you this, and again, I don't intend to be a doomsday guy. When this coronavirus business is over with, give it a few months. It'll be something else, and then it'll be something else. And it seems like every time something else comes, it gets a little bit worse. I want to tell you what I've decided to do. I've decided to put my faith in the book and stand flat-footed on my relationship with God and I'm going to grab a hold of his hand and say, God, you're going to keep us through this. You're going to sustain the church. Your church is going to be ever abiding and one of these days, no matter what goes on in this world, you're going to rapture a church out of here. Let me share with you a couple of things that someone wrote about the reality of the world you fell in love with that you can't get enough of. Somebody put on social media, and some of you probably have seen it, we slept in one world and woke up in another. Suddenly, Disney, Disney has no more magic. Paris is no longer romantic. Romantic. 
And New York City, the city that never sleeps, is asleep. The China Wall is not a fortress anymore. Suddenly, hugs and kisses become weapons and not visiting family and not visiting family becomes an act of love. Suddenly, we realized that power is not that valuable and money is not that powerful. Someone else wrote, a dear friend of mine passed this message on to me. It was so appropriate. I felt that I needed to share it with you. In three short months, the world you fell in love with, just like God did with the plagues of Egypt, he has taken away everything we worship. Now he says, you want to worship athletes? I'll shut down the stadiums. You want to worship musicians? I'll shut down the civic center. You want to worship actors? I'll shut down the theaters. You want to worship money? I'll shut down the economy and collapse the stock market. You don't want to go to church and worship me? I'll make it where you can't go to church. As Brother Dave mentioned a little while ago, on Monday nights we're doing prayer meeting at 714 It comes from this verse in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Rather than living in fear and worrying about this virus destroying our lives, let's turn back to the one who can bring peace and order back to our lives. How about spending more time in prayer? Wipe the dust off your Bible and start reading it. Watch a sermon online, calling a family or friend and sharing a word of encouragement. Build your relationship relationship with the king of kings the one who is sovereign over heaven and earth get to know him personally not only for now but forever I submit to you again the world that you fell in love with is crumbling under your feet if you've quit it's time to make a comeback it's time to turn your life around and say God I need you back in my life I need to feel the peace and the security and the hope and the comfort of the Holy Ghost I promise you today, no matter where you are and where you may be sitting, if you'll bow a knee or lift your hands to heaven, let a tear stream down your cheek. The God of all glory is good, and he's ready to forgive, and he's plenteous in mercy. Call out to him, and he'll touch your life. May I say this? May I say this? This virus situation we're experiencing is hardly a taste of what things will be like about five minutes after the rapture takes place. It's only a tiny little taste. You can be right with God. Somebody posted on social media, you can tell how bored I am at home, right? They put a picture of Noah's Ark and said, if you see somebody building one of these, please let me know about it. I'm building one right now. And you're welcome to get in it. You're welcome to get in it. People's attitude for years when it comes to church, coming back to God, has been much like two men in the book of Acts that most of us all know very well. Paul was trying to convince these men as much as I'm trying to convince you now. The first was Felix, a man named Felix. A Roman, 
And perhaps his response to Paul is very similar to your response now. After Paul begged and pleaded with him to get his heart right with God, this is what he said in Acts 24, 25. And there's a reason of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Felix trembled and answered, Paul, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. I've heard that all of my life in ministry from people who get them right at the door and they say, nah, not today. Again, two chapters later in Acts 26, verse 28, Paul's standing before Agrippa. Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I plead with you today. If you have quit, it's never too late to begin again with God. He can give you hope and promise like nothing in this world can. Again, I submit to you, our world is not getting better. And in my opinion, we're living on borrowed time. And when this virus has passed, it'll be something else. I'm glad to stand here in a pocket full of faith, enveloped in the word of God, full of promise. And I ask you to join me today. I've talked to you about those that shouldn't quit. I've talked to those that have. And thirdly today, I want to talk to those that are thinking about it. What's the use, Pastor? What's the use? Let me talk to you for my remaining few minutes about two people that almost did. By the way, Felix and Agrippa, those two guys I just read about, Felix said, when it's a more convenient season, Agrippa said, you've almost persuaded me to be a Christian. There's no biblical record wherever they, where, where they ever came. They never came. Don't make that mistake. But let me talk to you about two people today that almost did. They were disciples of Jesus. And the story I'm going to share with you happened right after Jesus resurrected. As a matter of fact, it happened on the third day. As a matter of fact, he had already resurrected. The Bible said in Luke 24, and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went to them. But their eyes were holden or, or blinded, if you will, that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as, walk, as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass therein these days? And Jesus said unto him, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Here it is. But we trusted. We trusted. We believed in him. 
We knew that he was going to be our answer. We were persuaded that he would be our savior. We knew that he was going to come and redeem Israel. So apparently, everything he said has gone down the tube. Everything he said was apparently a lie. Jesus failed us. But what is astounding to me is they went on in verse 21 that we believed it was he that was going to have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, they said, today is the third day. What did Jesus just tell you, Cleopas, several days ago? Did you hear him say, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up? Their trust was broken and it really didn't matter what anybody said after this point. Notice, they went on to say, there were certain women also of our company. They were disciples like us. They were church people like us. They believed in him too. And they've made us pretty astonished about something because they told us that they went early this morning out to the sepulcher. Watch this. And when they didn't find his body, they came and told us that they had also seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. When trust is broken, you don't believe anything. These, though, these, these words of these women, it was Mary and Martha and others that had gone to the sepulcher that morning and they came back and told these disciples, you're not going to believe this. Not only did we not find the body of Jesus in that sepulcher, we saw angels, man. I don't know if I'd believe that if I saw it with my own eyes. You don't understand when your trust is broken how skeptical and cynical you become. Once a believer, now an unbeliever. If there's somebody that's thinking about quitting because of this virus and what's the use, you let me tell you something. While our world is is in the depths of despair and people are afraid, let me remind you that that sepulcher is still empty. This is still the third day that we're living in. I want somebody to understand that. And when you hear somebody call you on the phone and say, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, you're, you, you, you just are going, going to be amazed at what happened in church last Sunday. There was a little baby healed. There was, a little, there was another person healed. There were some people that received the Holy Ghost and was baptized. You don't want to believe that because your trust has been broken. It's interesting to me that not only did these people admit that the women went to the sepulcher and came and said it was empty, but there's other people they said went and came back and told us it was empty. We've all heard the stories of miracles and we've all heard the prophecies and we've all heard the promises and it seems that your prayers will never be answered 
and your hopes are always beyond reach. But can I submit to you one thing that is eternal and forever? His tomb is still empty. He said to, to John in Revelation 1, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of death and hell. When you feel like quitting, when you feel like quitting, let me encourage you today to consider why you started. You say, but pastor, I miss church so bad. I'll remind you again, the church like we have it is not the biblical model. It works, but it's not the biblical model. What we're doing right now is more of the biblical model. And it's not total. They didn't have live stream back in them days. And it's awkward sitting here in my living room. And I want to feel those hot tears streaming down my face. And I want to feel the presence of God, and I have. And I just want some assurance and what have you. I want you to understand with me today. I stand in the opposite place that you are right now. I'm preaching in a building right now with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people staring at me right now. I'm preaching to virtually an empty building. I'm looking into the black lens of a camera, but I feel another presence here today. I can't see him, but I'm counting him because he has joined me in my moment of discouragement and my downtime and when I'm frustrated and confused and I'm depressed and I feel like I want to quit I feel the presence of God he stepped into my house last night and he touched my heart I came out to him, out of my office and told Sister Murphy I've got a sermon for next Sunday already and it's already boiling over on the inside of me why? because I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ And he'll come to you in your house like he did in mine. So mom and dad, I'm going to ask you right now, as the musicians are coming and it's prayer time, I talked to you about this Wednesday night. I'm asking you to do no holes barred today. You let the Holy Ghost have his way. I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to worship. If you want to kneel down at your kitchen table, if you want to kneel down at the sofa in your living room, God will meet you there. It's going to feel a little weird and a little awkward, but I'm encouraging you to do it. Go ahead and grab that box of tissue and sob your frustration. Let the tears stream down your face into a tissue somewhere and pour your heart out to God and let God encourage you. Let God inspire you right now. Let God speak to you right now. Grab your babies and pray for them that they never quit. If you have somebody in your living room right now that has quit, grab them by the hand if it's okay and then encourage them to start again. Encourage them to start again. And child of God, if you're thinking about quitting, I can't do another Sunday like this. I can't live another day like this. Shut in become a prisoner in my own home. I want to assure you today you're not alone. Just like the two disciples on the Emmaus Road as you are walking in through your moment of darkness and discouragement and you trusted and God promised.
His glory is not changed. His power is not diminished. God is sitting with you right now. God is standing with you right now. God is kneeling with you right now. And He wants to open your eyes to this one understanding. You can trust me again. I understand for some folks that may be watching today. God has been misrepresented by preachers and pastors and churches and church people and church kids and this and that. I'll remind you the grave did not diminish the power of God. He chose to lay in that grave three days. That grave didn't hold him three days. All of these negative circumstances around the crucifixion and Pilate and the Jews screaming, crucify him, and the Romans beating him to a bloody pulp. That didn't change God. The presentation does not always represent the reality. God has not changed. Lance Armstrong said, pain is temporary. Quitting is forever. Folks, I dreamed this past Thursday night that when we finally started having church again that only about half of you came back. I don't believe that's prophetical. It cannot be prophetical. My heart is so burdened and heavy this morning. I want to see you folks so bad. And all I can do now is stand in this pulpit and hope that in your home right now you're praying, you're sobbing, got your babies wrapped, you've got your arms wrapped around your babies you've got your arms wrapped under one another and we're going to decide today that it's not the time to quit one of the most common causes of failure Napoleon Hill said is the habit of quitting one is overtaken by a temporary defeat. Now is the time to stay focused. Let your faith soar. Let your faith grow. I'm going to be honest with you folks here right now. I feel the gifts of the Spirit moving. I do. But I'm fighting it hard because we're on live stream. be honest with you right now, I don't know what to do. I feel the power of God surging right now. I feel the Holy Ghost surging right now. And the key to success is going to be how you respond to it right now. You've heard the Word of God. And I feel discernment right now that there's somebody that wants to get on your knees so bad you don't know what to do. If you're intimidated by the people around you, why don't you get up and walk back to your bedroom? and get on your knees, kneel beside the bed and say, God, help me right now. I used to trust you one time. I want to trust you again. I used to believe in the word of God at one time. I want to believe in it. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. I feel the Spirit of God. Yea, I say unto thee, 
I have not abandoned nor have I forsaken. I have not left you alone. I understand that you're going through a trying time. But there's been hundreds, yea, thousands throughout my word that has experienced such plagues. I will assure you by the power that I have as God Almighty, I can sustain you through the wind and the flood and the storm. I can sustain you through sickness and disease. I am not abandoned. I am not left. I do not hate. I do not despise, but I welcome you back into my arms. Reach out your hand to me. I will take you by the hand, and I will fill your heart with peace and comfort and solitude, even in your times of loneliness. I am God, and this circumstance and this world has not changed my power. It has not diminished who I am, and others have not diminished my identity. I am still God, and there's still power in my name. Call out to me and I will hear you, saith the Lord. Call out to him. Call out to him. Would you raise your hands, heavenly? Let those tears let those tears stream. Let them stream. And call out. In this time of worship and praise, if you thought about quitting, if you have quit, why don't you make a comeback? Turn around and come back to him. Turn around.
You had to 